championship game and the drafting of Buck Buchanan were the two events that set the wheels in motion. The 1962 championship game, which went to double overtime, provided the kind of drama and excitement that fans had not experienced since the 1958 NFL championship. The dominance of the 1963 Chargers, the first team viewed as a legitimate challenge to the NFL champion, caused real debate about the possibility of an AFL-NFL championship game. The foresight of the Kansas City Chiefs in drafting Buck Buchanan as the first overall pick in 1963 was of equal importance. Buchanan, who was the first African-American from a historically black school to be selected in the first round, was not chosen by the NFL until the 19th round. The signing of Joe Namath and the publicity generated by his contract brought new fans to the league and served as a shot across the bow to the NFL. The merging of every AFL team into the NFL in 1966 was a testament to the respect and acceptance the league had earned from NFL owners in six short years. Several African-American players made significant contributions to the success of the AFL. Early memorable runners, such as Abner Haynes, Paul Lowe, and Cookie Gilchrist, drew fans as they helped lead their respective teams to championships. Black players were also in the forefront of activism, becoming the first athletes to initiate an organized boycott after they suffered numerous racial indignities at the 1965 AFL All-Star Game in New Orleans. The boycott, which represented black athletes' direct and successful involvement in the civil rights movement, prompted the AFL to move the game to Houston. Although other African-American athletes became more vocal and initiated various protests during the 1960s, black AFL players were arguably the first athletes who directly challenged systemic segregation and scored a clear victory. After the merger between the AFL and the NFL, the composition of the victorious Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl IV, the first pro football team whose African-American players included more than half of its 22 starters, was a prelude to the future of the NFL. In 2014, African-American players accounted for 68% of the players in the NFL. This shift occurred as the AFL began to extend opportunities to black players in all positions. Marlon Briscoe, the first African-American to start as a quarterback in pro football, was offered his opportunity with the Denver Broncos in 1968. James Harris, who started for the Buffalo Bills in 1969, followed. While the NFL manned the most important position on the field with white players only, the AFL started two African-Americans in the position. Today, fans think nothing of having African-Americans play quarterback, but in the late 1960s, this was far from the case. The NFL followed the AFL's lead and gradually began to extend opportunities to black quarterbacks, but the process was slow and several players were clear casualties of racism. Chapter 1. A New League with New Opportunities The history of African Americans in professional football began when Charles Follis took the field for the Shelby Ohio Athletic Club in 1904. Follis was a halfback who played for only two years before injuries forced him out of the game after the 1906 season. Over the next 13 years in this pre-NFL era, Charles Doc Baker, Henry McDonald, and Gideon Charlie Smith were the only other African Americans to play professionally. In 1920, under the leadership of George Hallis, manager, coach, and player of the Staley Starchmakers, the American Professional Football Association was founded. The league, made up of 11 teams, was renamed the National Football League on June 24, 1922. From 1920 until 1933, only 13 black players played on NFL teams. After the 1933 season, a color barrier was established, lasting until 1946. Kenny Washington and Woody Strode of the NFL's Los Angeles Rams began the reintegration of pro football in March 1946. 
They were joined that same season by Bill Willis and Marion Motley of the Cleveland Browns in the newly formed All-American Football Conference, AAFC. The reintegration of the NFL was a slow and meticulous process that was not complete until 1962, when the last all-white team, the Washington Redskins, finally relented and added black players. This did not happen voluntarily. It took pressure from the U.S. Secretary of the Interior, Stuart Udall, who threatened to withhold access to the newly built RFK Stadium before Redskins owner George Preston Marshall finally integrated his team. This threat forced the Redskins to add Bobby Mitchell, John Nisby, Leroy Jackson, and Ron Hatcher in 1962. During the reintegration process, NFL teams added primarily black players who had played on teams at white schools. Of the 173 identified African-American players who played in the NFL between 1946 and 1962, only 42 attended historically black schools. What is more interesting is that from 1946 to 1960, no player from a black school was drafted higher than the fourth round. Many were forced to make NFL rosters as undrafted rookies who came out of schools such as Florida A&M University.